Hello, dear listener. Welcome. Uh, welcome back to episode... This is episode six of Communication Episode Pod. six, mate. Mm. Buzzing. And uh, I say welcome back to the episode. This is the first welcome, don't worry. Um, with <laughs> me, Fitz, the, the comedian... And, and myself, Sam, the musician. Yes, ish. Um, uh, ish. Um, this is Commusician Pod, the podcast where a comedian tries to learn about music and a musician tries to learn about comedy, I guess. Yeah, because we unfortunately have got ourselves in the trap of oh, we've got to do a gig each. Uh, you're going to be doing a, a music gig and I'm going to be doing a comedy set. <laughs> and I'm absolutely buzzing for it, mate, because um, today, today's episode is kind of your first steps into into your comedy journey isn't it yeah my intro into comedy and quite what i'm doing with myself when i talk about it yeah i've got no idea really what i'm doing so uh, well the beauty should be quite quite insightful exactly the beauty of it is you've got um a loads of time to learn and b no pressure you know it's not like i'm going to tell you some stuff today and you're going to have to do a set at the end um (laughs) (laughs) you will get some homework though just fyi um oh good but 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 yeah, so welcome to the episode, ladies and gents. It's lovely to uh, lovely to be with you again. I'm really looking forward to this episode, mate. And uh, I think before we crack on with that, um, how how's your week been? How how are you? I'm doing good, man. Yeah, I um I was just telling you off off mic. Um, so mum went out because as they know i'm I'm living back with with mum for for a while uh, mum went out and bought some paint and said oh you know what should we uh, like kind of team up and paint the hallway like yeah yeah that's absolutely fine that sounds really good 10 minutes in i think she lasted um and then sat down went to the garden and just chilled out um sounds like I've my been, kind of decorating <laughs> uh, yeah mug and zero has been left to to finish it which you know i'm happy with because uh, it gives me something to do but at the same time i'm like yeah that was just a big con wasn't it good. <laughs> the whole team idea <laughs> good work mama sam gotta gotta love that um yeah. uh, holy sh- holy sugar snaps mate speaking of mums that is the weirdest thing ever um i've just got <laughs> i've just got a text from my mum saying uh, have you just listened to your first episode the first episode of your podcast wow oh good five episodes in five, five episodes in yeah brilliant um i painstakingly took her through on speakerphone uh the how to set up a podcast and how to get my podcast we are without a shadow of a doubt by the way the first podcast she's ever listened to so that's quite cool isn't it Oh, that's good. Yeah, I mean, it does mean that kind of any feedback we can just ignore. Um, <laughs> my other, the other thing though, we've been in lockdown for well, three weeks, four weeks, uh, and she's now just started to listen to it. Yeah, well, initially, um, she won't mind me uh, saying this. I'm sure. Initially, uh, when I said, "Have you listened listened to the podcast yet?" She know she went, "No, no, I haven't got around to watching it." But nope, that's not how it works, mother. Um, nothing, <laughs> nothing to watch. Um, so, so we've 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 overcome a couple of hurdles but that's good um she's described it as not too shabby as well which is better than the review she gave when she first came to watch me do stand-up so that's a good start mate a good start oh, i'm happy well <laughs> welcome what was your, what was your mum called um well debbie or debs as she's Deb, uh, known debs by my welcome to the welcome to the family debs well well that is a very odd thing for you to say but um <laughs> <laughs> i love it nonetheless welcome to welcome to everyone all all mums and dads and children and everyone <laughs> all are welcome here um we've also had one or two other bits of correspondence which i thought i'd share quickly if i may yeah please um, do we had a load of love for uh, the cut capers from our kind of spotlight last week 
We did. I got a few messages about those guys. Nice. And yeah, a lot of people are loving it. And what did you think? I thought they were great. Um, I I did exactly what we said, actually. And I went straight to the garden in the sunshine with a beer and just chuck them on the headphones. And yeah, I was I kind of melted away for an hour or two. It was yeah. great. They're pretty cool, man. They're, well, in fact, they're very cool. So um, good. Mm. Well, thank you to everyone who's got in touch to share their love for that. Um, we also had an interesting, or I had an interesting message from a friend of mine. So you'll recall the first gigs episode that we did. And uh, well, obviously you'll record it. You, you will recall it. You were there, my friend. Um, but you'll recall that I mentioned that my first gig was Incubus. Now, mm. there's been an update. So my friend Alex, who was one of the um, cooler kids that I went with, one of the bigger boys, uh, he <laughs> thinks that that gig would have been in 2004. Um, so what that means is that actually uh, my first gig is uh, most likely to have been Glastonbury Festival. So... Um, I, my timescales were quite a way out. Uh, we'll blame uh, we'll blame a what's what's the polite words? We'll blame uh, an interesting youth on my um, memory <laughs> memory loss. But um, but yeah, so effectively, I was wrong. And the first live gig I ever went to, uh, I just I just bossed it and went to Glastonbury Festival for a week. Amazing. That's a that's a big one. It is a big one. Yeah. So I know for a hundred percent certainty that Coldplay were uh, one of the headliners, which is cool. I'd have to trawl <laughs> back through either the memory banks or probably more accurately uh, the internet to work out the others. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go by the memory banks. For, for... I think that's fair to say. So if if the listeners are learning one thing about me or many things about me, first is that um, I do not know much music, and uh, second <laughs> is. Uh, my memory bank is not to be relied upon, but there we go. So thank you for letting me know that, Alex. I really appreciate that. And yeah, that was, I mean, if anyone can trump that as a first gig, then do do let us know for sure. I don't I don't think that's trumpable unless it was like the original Woodstock. You're kind of out, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we still want to hear them, though. Do get in touch for sure. Yes, yes. Do get in touch. How can they do that? Please. Really seamless, mate. This is going well, isn't it? Um, so there's, there's multiple <laughs> ways of reaching out to us. The first and probably the easiest is just to drop us an email. The email address is commusicianpod at gmail.com. And on the social medias, we are... <laughs> at Commusician Pod. Sorry, I was just um I I was admiring how proud of yourself you looked <laughs> when you called that out. I was hoping that um the, the kind of subtle pause would mean that you'd jump in, but yeah, you were too busy admiring me. And uh, I was just I too busy you, laughing mate. at you. I don't blame laughing, you. I think. <laughs> well that is a oh, good, good start. Um so uh with all that in mind, this episode is I think this is going to be a real banger. We had uh, we had obviously a real in-depth look at music last week. And this week is going to be your introduction to the world of comedy, my friend. So let's, <laughs> let's crack on with the pod, I reckon. Yeah, let's crack on. But make sure everybody who's listening, you stick around till the end. Because um, we all have our kind of spotlight. Um, and this week, I think we're going to go with uh, some kind of comedy spotlights. We are indeed, um, absolutely. So shining a spotlight on those acts who we think deserve a little bit of recognition. Cool. Yep. Enjoy the episode. See you in, in a bit. Enjoy, everybody. So I've got some questions that I'd love to ask you. Um, and I think I think that's the way I'd kind of like this episode to work is to begin with, I just need to ask some questions because I've got a lot of things rattling around in my head okay. about how this works and how I'm going to get into it. Um, 
first and foremost is is how do you choose what kind of comedy you're into because like i love like i, I kind of look at the guys like tim vine and his prop comedy right. and i think it's great um but then i also know that i could have quite a few good stories from my experience but then I also love one-liners, so I'm just I'm all <laughs> over the place with kind of what I want to do. Where do you what, begin? What would you? I mean, <clears throat> the other option is as well. You know, I know how to play a guitar, so I could, you know, I could become a musician. Musician, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but where do I start, man? What do I? How do I know what I want to do? I mean, first of all, lots of questions for the start of the pod. So thanks for that. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, I guess the. Your, your main question there was how do you kind of decide what comedy you're going to do is that right yeah yeah that that all of that if you could bundle down into that one sentence um, you're absolutely right. <laughs> um it's not very it's not very often that i um make things much simpler but there we go um i mean i, I guess it, that's a really good question to be honest because it's it's not something that you necessarily kind of decide before you start gigging, if that makes sense. So, I mean, I guess I can only really answer that kind of from my own experience, as it were. So, you know, when I was when I was growing up, my my comedy was pretty much the the stuff that I had access to. You know, so it it, it wasn't a time of Netflix and stuff like that. I I had Billy Connolly VHS kind of thing. And uh, for our younger listeners, if you don't know what VHS is, it's it's basically a really rubbish DVD. Um, and <laughs> um, and and I, my mum had Billy Connolly, you know. So I had Billy Connolly. I had Richard Pryor. They were kind of early. I didn't know it at the time, I guess, but they were early influences of mine. And so I would I would watch those comedians who I've mentioned on the pod before, you know. And before that moment, I thought that comedians, or all my life really, I thought that comedians had this innate skill you know people that were on stage they just had something you couldn't get it you you either had it or you didn't does that make sense it does yeah it really does um and i mean billy Connolly, crikey there's there's so many bits that that stick out but i remember once there's if you can find it i think it might be quite tricky to find um online but he's he's got a bit where he's basically acting out putting on and wearing um incontinence pants is uh, <laughs> is the only way I can describe it, and oh my god, like the way he visualizes it, or the way he acts it out, is just ironically pant-wettingly funny, and um, <laughs> it's it is so so good, and it, it's it kind of made me realize that it's not just someone standing there necessarily taking jokes. There's all these telling jokes, I should say. There's all these different styles, which is something that we're going to come on to uh, as we as we learn more um, about the art of comedy i guess but but yeah so that those early influences were were really important to me because like i say i didn't i didn't know much really about the world of stand up comedy i i would watch it and it would make me laugh and that was great and then as i moved as i grew up and i kind of initially got into comedy I, again i've mentioned on the the first gigs episode but <clears throat> i went to gigs and and basically kind of saw people that weren't particularly good and that made me realize oh okay cool so you don't clearly you don't have to have uh, this innate skill <laughs> to go up on stage and try and make people laugh does that make sense it does yeah and i think uh, i think that's that's a really important thing and i guess it is it is just uh trial and error isn't it comedy because because like like uh 
you learn a guitar or you learn a bass or you learn the drums you can practice at home and then you can go out and you can kind of rock it on stage whereas i guess in comedy you you kind of you write your joke and you might be able to tell them to your family but they're only going to give you petty pity laughs if 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 they're my family um But no, you're bang on. And, you know, the the notion of what type of comedian you are or want to be is actually a really interesting question because you have, as a, as a comic, you will have a persona. So if you think about, essentially, there's three different types of persona. So you've got high status, um, low status, and audiences mate. Okay, so mm. your persona is kind of linked to to one of those traits so picking a famous example you know McIntyre Michael McIntyre I would say uh, as well as being a fantastic observational comic which again we'll come on to you know he's I would say he's kind of very audience's mate you know he's he's there to have a good chat with them tell nice stories and and ultimately kind of make them laugh whereas if you look at someone like Jack D like if I said to you Jack D what would be your kind of first what would be the first thing you think of? Miserable and grumpy. There you go. Exactly. So miserable and grumpy, low status, the world's out to get him. And therefore everything he says is, is influenced by his attitude to that. Does it, does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah. And I think that's, that's, that's really, really quite important. Yeah. You just, just, just like in a band, you know, with, with Dirty Blueprint, when we started out, we kind of, we had an element of blues and a very small element of rock, but we kind of, toyed around with different genres it wasn't until we kind of lewis jumped on board and we were just like ah, oh, yeah we found it now like mm. we are we're a blues rock heavy blues rock band and that's just what vibed with us and i guess it's the same sort of thing it is yeah and uh, you know influences can change as you grow older so you know for example i mean i i actually discovered a a clip of me when i was learning stand-up and it is single-handedly the worst, most cringy thing I've ever seen in my life, and I never want to see it again. If it was, if it was a VHS, I would burn it, but it's not. Um, That's fine, but can we put it on our no, socials? No, like definitely not. And there's so many reasons why. And the the, <laughs> the main one is just that you know when you're the comic I was then, you know, we're talking eight nine years ago. A, I was new and I was finding my voice, but B, your life view changes kind of thing so you know that the the influence side of things is really important because your ultimately your attitude to a subject is what makes it funny so if you think for example about uh, a bit if you can think of not to put you on the spot but can you think of kind of a stand-up uh clip a bit that you really like a routine I can I can and I, I will but the first thing I want to say is listeners if you are listening um please post on our socials at Musician pod uh fits we want to see it oh, mate. and then we'll force him to upload it if I reckon if we can get 200 people to put it on the socials then then you have to upload it anyway I mean gonna... this from the bottom of my heart I honestly think if there were 200,000 people I still wouldn't show it it is that it's it's embarrassing you know it's it's well we've we've had our bottom line number everybody come on (laughs) share it yeah in terms of uh, a kind of routine i think the one that the one that i always think of it is it's a mcintyre bit but it's a bit with um where he's talking about giving cowpole to his kids (laughs) okay yeah yeah um that's one that kind of if i you know if i need a pick me up or you know if 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 anybody 
hasn't really seen much of McIntyre, that's normally the bit that I'll go and find. So, yeah, for, for anyone who's not familiar with that bit, you know, obviously, clearly I'm not going to do it justice here, but essentially it's um it's very relatable. So, you know, I've, I've got a little girl and when she first kind of got a sniffle and was crying and there was nothing you could do to help, as McIntyre puts it, it's like, oh, mummy and daddy are so sorry. We, we don't want to put a foreign substance in you. We're so sorry. We, don't, we just want to make you better. We'll do you better. <laughs> uh, which is exactly right. And then it gets to a point where all of a sudden cowpole is like this miracle and you're firing syringes into their open mouths and it, and it's it's absolutely brilliant and what's funny about that and when you look at it what's funny about most bits for want of a better phrase is not so much what's happening or what's being said but it's more the comedian's attitude to it so right. your first lesson i guess <clears throat> excuse me your first lesson is to think about a subject but then to think about what it is about that subject that you want to talk about. So, for example, you going shopping and having to wait in a queue isn't of itself funny. But if you have to go shopping and it makes you irrationally angry to the point that you are imagining, I don't know, all sorts of murderous scenes in this supermarket mm quietly in your head and then you know that that kind of thing it's it's your anger towards the situation that that makes it funny does that make sense yeah so you kind of have to put you can't just find a situation and talk about it you need to put your emotion into it to then get the humor out your of it. emotion is exactly it yeah so um your your kind of attitude to the subject your emotion is is really important and you know to go back to your original question which seems like a long time ago but um you know <laughs> how do you find what type of com comedy you like or what type of comedian you're going to be a lot of it is trial and error definitely um you know i the persona element is so important because that's what that's what affects your attitude so you know if yeah. you're a happy-go-lucky upbeat kind of cheeky chappy for want of a better phrase then you're not going to be able to look at a situation the same way as someone like jack d would nice yeah that makes sense that's okay i i'm gonna go away and think and uh just kind of maybe even like find a routine and practice it in different styles that's a nice I think will be a good That's tip. a nice exercise, yeah. And um I mean we'll we'll come on to a little bit later a couple of kind of things that you can do to to start your writing process. Because I guess I mean you're you're ahead of the game in, in that respect because I've got a guitar and I found it. Haven't worked out how to tune it yet, so I'm a long way away from my, <laughs> my gig. Um but we we can talk a little bit about how you can start that process and yeah, that's a that's a really good way of looking at it is kind of different angles that you can take. Nice. Um, so, next question. Straight straight on to the next question. Um, You're a good interviewer, by the way, mate. That's thank my you. feedback so far. <laughs> <laughs> um, if Obviously, my first comedy gig is going to be a strange one. Um, not many people's first comedy gig will come out of a podcast and will be doing a live show off the podcast. Very true. Um, so, if that wasn't to happen, where would I go to find my first comedy gig? Because if, if I get the bug and I want to do another one, I'm going to need somewhere to go. Yeah, you're quite right. And um, I guess in, in many ways, it depends where you are in the country. So, you know, I can come on to how we how we will help you in a moment. But I guess from a broader sense, you know, the the Internet is much more prevalent than it was <clears throat> when I started, you know. So, for example, Facebook, there are 
basically southwest comedy forums there are east midlands comedy forums you know london comedy there are there are groups that you can basically po- post on and you can share a link of yourself or a clip of yourself rather um to kind of get yourself noticed as it were but certainly when i started out things were a little bit different and <clears throat> when i did when i did my first gig as you said got that buzz straight away you get a laugh and you're like, oh my god that needs to happen again when can i do it again when can i do it again and you you effectively start life as a comedian everyone you've ever seen and this is from mcintyre all the way down to someone who you might have seen at an open mic night or whatever mm. they will all have done um all the successful people will all have done hundreds if not thousands of of gigs and when you start out you're you're unpaid you're basically what they call an open spot yeah right okay excuse me so uh so an open spot if you imagine to use a terrible football analogy which i apologize for in advance but um if you imagine (laughs) you're like a non-league club then your aim if you like is to try and progress up the ranks at the leagues and and it's exactly the same with comedy in that when you start out it's all about that stage time so it is not uncommon honestly to drive huge distances for a gig just to get a few minutes kind of stage time and there are tales um i'll I'll share one in fact i'll share it now so the 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 worst example in that respect of my travel time per gig minute ratio is um (laughs) me and two comics a guy called joe robinson who um who doesn't do it anymore but was great and josh sadler who moved away was one of the best kind of most natural comics I've ever seen. And uh, we drove from Bath to Eastbourne, which is the other side of Brighton. (laughs) Yeah, man. Long, long drive. And that was um, a four-hour journey there. We did a competition. We got there and there were about eight people in the audience. Oh, no. Uh, Yeah, not not worth a drive already. Uh, We had six minutes on stage. And then we had, due to diversions, we had a six-hour drive back. So we drove 10 hours for a collective 18 minutes on stage. Oh, mate. Yeah. That's, uh, did, any, did any of you win? No, no, that would have made it... <laughs> That would have made it bearable for one of us, but no. Oh, no. that's even worse. Yeah, man, it, was, it, it wasn't great. Um, the, the one solace from it, I'm, I'm, I'm trying desperately to remember, but I think the comic's name, I basically I, I saw one of the best opening jokes that I've ever seen, and um, I'll share it here. We've got the E now, haven't we? We're explicit now. So We've got the um, E. <laughs> um, so this guy walked on stage. I, I think he was called Ian Miller, and if I'm incorrect there, then apologies, but I'm, I'm, I know it was Ian. Um, and he walked on stage. He wasn't the best-looking guy, and he played on that, and he just walked on and went, Hello, my name's Ian. As you can tell from my face, I think we should legalise prostitution. And um, <laughs> and it was, as a newer act, I was there, like, desperately trying to remember my material, thinking, God, I really want to do well in this competition. That means absolutely F all. Um, but at the time, it was the most important thing. He went on and I was like, oh, my God, that's it. He's brilliant. Um, fortunately, or not fortunately for him, but, you know, he... he he didn't have the rest necessarily the set to back it up but yeah it, it it was an incredible opener and really made me see the power of having a, a strong opening gag having that first joke yeah, yeah. that's that I and mean, that's a good tip in itself is is kind of saying that you know starting right because you get the audience on your side i guess very much like a a music gig you know sometimes we've played certain gigs like in in certain places which would normally have a covers band 
and we'll open with like you know a rend- uh, our, our version of kind of one of the Beatles songs um uh, and you know obviously very very heavy rock but it just gets the audience on your side because they know it they sing along and then you can go into your original stuff it does yeah yeah and um it's i mean that that opens up a whole other conversation about material which we'll we'll come on to and obviously a comedian wouldn't in days gone by it would have been common for comedians to um use other people's jokes whereas now that is absolutely frowned upon quite rightly because you know i i'm friends with some great comics whose jokes have been stolen and they haven't been credited and and it's horrible you know because when you write a joke sometimes it will come to you fully formed but that's quite rare normally you'll get like a kernel of an idea and you will you will slave over it and it's you know jokes jokes with mark which is one of the podcasts we listen to mark simmons is is one of the best one-liners in the country for my money and he will he will tweak it so much and and you know Mm. that a lot of work has gone into it for what is essentially a 10 second segment of his set um but for then someone else to steal that is is really frowned upon, and um, quite rightly. And yeah, it's, uh, that's, it's that an interesting. Seems alien. It seems alien to me that though, because my the first comedy gig I ever went to was at the Corn Exchange in Exeter, and I watched this guy, and um, he started doing a bit, and I was just I know that from somewhere, and it I kind of recalled it, and it was Lee Evans's scatter cushions bit. Right. Yeah. And he was doing that, and he literally, pretty much, I would say, did it word for word. Now, never been to a comedy gig myself back then. Um, kind of i saw it as a nod because it as we play in a band you know you'll you'll play another band or another person's song and it's seen as like a nod to them and like a you know this is an absolute corker everybody should hear it i'm gonna do a rendition of it Uh, i can see yeah i I can i can see exactly what what you mean i guess the the reason it's different really is because of the fact that so with music, for example, you mentioned there, you'll do your version of a Beatles song, for example. Yeah. Now, obviously, the Beatles songs are more of a, I guess they're more of a kind of popularized thing in that hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people will know that song. So perhaps, perhaps, and I'm speculating here, perhaps that gives you kind of a bit more to a bit more flexibility to play with. Whereas when when a comedian has kind of made that joke you know ultimately let's let's say dirty blueprint did a cover of um uh, i want to hold your hand for example by the beatles <laughs> probably not that song but yeah, don't, yeah, don't anyway, that's, yeah. That, that, i don't know if you could hear me clutching at my brain for oh shit what beatles songs are there um <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so let's say you did a cover of "I Want to Hold Your Hand," although actually in in this current Corona climate, that's I a ter- terrible choice. Um, <laughs> I want to stay two meters apart. Um, but but yeah, so let's say you did a cover of that. You know, they mm. would instantly recognise it as a Beatles song, and it would be ultimately they would remember your performance. But it's it's a Beatles song, whereas. If someone who doesn't know a bit, let's use, you know, Mark Simmons as a great example. He's he's done so many jokes and one or two of them have have certainly been plagiarised. And so the person who is seeing that joke or hearing that joke, it's not being given credit to the right person, you know. Yeah. So if if it's been credited, then it's fair enough. But if someone's done that work, you know, like I say, with with the Beatles song, whoever hears you is going to probably think that it's very unlikely they'll go, oh, bloody hell, I'll tell you what, those Dirty Blueprint guys have got a banging tune there. I, I really want to hold their hand now. It's not <laughs> It's not like that. They'll know They'll know kind of that it, it should be credited to the Beatles. You see what I mean? 
Yeah, I do. And actually, that's a really good point because um, we did one gig once and we do uh, a, we do a black key song. So, we, you know, if we need a two hour set or whatever, we're, we're not going to do two hours of our own music. First of all, um, we don't have that yet. Um, <laughs> and second of all, I think it's just nice to kind of break things up with with a song that people would know. And we, we have a black key song and uh, a guy came up to us kind of halfway through the set and he was just like, guys, I absolutely love that song. Like, where can we find it? And that that... <laughs> It kind of opened our eyes to be like, actually, we need to announce when we're doing a cover, yeah, yeah, and shout out saying, "Hey, look, this is a Black Keys song. Hope you enjoy it," and then go into it. That's yeah. a really good point. And and there is in the music industry, I suppose, it just kind of made me think about it. Um, so that you have to kind of write down what songs on this on it's called PRS of what songs you've played, um, live or not, and you you get money for that. You get money for playing your own songs live. But also, if we do a cover of "I Want to Hold Your Hands" by the Beatles, then um, they get th- the they would get the royalties for that. Yeah, yeah. So they no, get that, the recognition. That that makes sense. And um, I mean, again, sorry, I've probably taken your question on quite a kind of uh, long-winded <laughs> tangent. But in in terms of kind of how you would go about getting those gigs, you know, it's for me at least it was it was a case of just trying to speak to as many people as possible so i would go to gigs i would try and find the promoter at the end of the night and i would say hey um love love the show what do i have to do to kind of come and come and have a go and because you're starting out initially you know you're you're doing these open spots which means that it's free so you from from a promoter's point of view they don't have to pay you and you get the chance to go on stage which is all you want you just want to go on stage and I was very lucky because quite early on in my career, career, um, I met a chap called Jeff, Jeff Whiting. So Jeff runs a um, an independent booker, basically. He's a comedy promoter called Mirth Control. Okay. And um, Mirth Control run hundreds of, or certainly over 100 um, gigs in, in different venues. And he has got uh, a real reputation for helping people on their journey. So for example he would run pro gigs so you've got a a pro compare pro opener um two perhaps two open spots in the middle so you know to supplement the bill no charge for the promoter and experience for them and then a pro headliner yeah and now (laughs) jeff has i know for a, a fact worked with some of the biggest names kind of in comedy and most comedians from the uk circuit that you will have heard of will have done a gig for jeff at some point it's just just the fact of life um jimmy carr for example jeff gave jimmy carr his first ever paid gig <laughs> i wonder if jimmy claimed his taxes <laughs> <laughs> yes mate that is very good oh samwise turner you're having a tick on my imaginary box there mate that is good <laughs> podcast bell should play there um oh, very nice yeah I, I don't know the answer um i mean pr- probably not let's face it um but but yeah so jeff jeff gave me my first paid gig as well um there the similarities with jimmy carr end um but <laughs> but yeah so it's from a from a person point of view from a comedian point of view it's it's literally just so important to get that stage time so you know you'll look at forums you'll look at uh, other acts you'll ask other acts where to go and as i say it depends where you are in the country so london for example there's loads and loads of gigs not all of them are great so you've just got to kind of try it and um, you can get kind of try out spots at the bigger venues. So we mentioned the gong show, the King Gong. 
show yeah. on, on an early episode you know the whole point of doing that and going through that bear pit is to hopefully impress the people that need to be impressed enough to then do to progress up their ladder you know so to go from uh, a nobody as it were to to being noticed and and it's all about just getting out there trying as hard as you can and and gigging as much as, as possible really nice that's um i like that and i i'm i kind of that was that answers one of my other questions which is kind of you know how do you get paid where do you get paid and also i guess jeff is essentially like a label for the music industry where um you know they'll kind of reach out to you would would jeff have like do you have to apply to jeff to help you or yeah yeah really good question so um i mean jeff jeff is one of many promoters let's let's kind of make that that clear but but yeah so certainly with with jeff and other people like that the way that you would um i guess try and attract their interest is by getting in touch and just saying hey this is me i've been going for xyz um would love a opportunity and and as much as anything, you know, having now experienced that from the other side, because I run gigs and I get lots of requests from established acts and newer acts looking for, for spots. And on, honestly, the, the most important thing is kind of how you how you come across, really. So someone who just sends you a message or give us a gig, you know, it's like real life. You're not you're not going <laughs> to. You're not going to be particularly warm to helping someone like that. Whereas yeah, yeah. if you've got someone who is polite and they get in touch with a nicely worded email or they try and like contact you and just say, look, sorry to disturb you, but I understand that you booked these gigs. What would I have to do to kind of get on them? It's being nice is always the way to kind of proceed. And, you know, another comic who's based down our neck of the woods in the southwest, um, a, a brilliant comic called Tom Glover. He put out a post a little while, probably a couple of years ago now, the way time flies. But it was along the lines of, um, oh, so unfair that all these guys who are constantly working really hard seem to be the ones getting all these opportunities, like tongue in cheek, because the harder you work, the more likely you are to succeed, you know? And, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so there's there's lots of comics on the circuit who have got really good reputations for, for being really hard workers. I guess I've got just one slash two other questions. Um, just kind of, there's been a lot of information shared and I'm struggling. Um, so <laughs> my, my next two questions are kind of uh, both in the same kind of vein, um, which are what comedians have kept you inspired and um, why have you stuck with it? Because it seems like one of those things that, you know, it would be easy to not stick with it. Um, the money doesn't sound like it comes in very readily. Um, those sorts of things. So yeah, for sure. And I mean, very much a two part of there. So yeah, you're right. You know, the money the money doesn't necessarily um, happen for a little while. You do have to really earn your stripes. And as you progress up that ladder, you if the more you do it, the better you get generally, and the more you impress people, and then you can start to develop a reputation comedy promoters talk to each other so you know some people it might be a few months before they get a paid gig some people it might be a couple of years you know it really varies and it depends on how hard you work how funny you are as a comic and and all, all of those kind of different factors but do you as, consider it sorry. do you consider it do you consider it more of a hobby than you do like a, a, a job or need to get paid sort of thing so that's again it, it obviously it will differ comic to comic but lots of if you're a full-time comic then you know that's your job you're a full-time yeah. comic yeah You've, of course you it is your job and if you get offered 
this is an extreme example, but it's happened to me. If you get offered 50 quid to go to Newcastle on a Tuesday night, you know, when, when you're starting out, you'll take that because 50 quid wow. is, is really helpful towards your expenses. But, but ultimately, and I've, I've done that, you know, I've driven that far for a gig for that amount of money. And, and it's, it's great because you crave that stage time and you want it. And, and people look at you like my mates, when I said, oh, I can't come out to the pub, I'm going to Newcastle. They're like, oh, right, yeah, yeah a gig. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, cool. You must be getting paid loads for that. And I'm like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing to worry about. But they'd look at you like you're bonkers because you are, you know, doing, doing that amount of work and that amount of traveling for effectively a few laughs. It, it is bonkers. And I understand that. But, but what keeps you going is the the fact that you're getting those laughs you know and every gig doesn't matter whether it's in a theater with like i don't know 100 500 people whatever or a, a, a room above a pub um with you know i mean i've I've done i've done gigs in so many weird places which again is a, an episode all of its own but um if you go there and you don't know anyone and you get the whole room laughing at you and you come off stage and someone says that was really good. That was, mate. You're really funny. Where where do I find more of you? Kind of thing. The the buzz from that is is unreal. You know, it's. Yeah. I, I know. Um. I, again, I've mentioned football about eighty times, but you know, when uh when you score a goal or when your team score a goal, you get a real buzz from it, and it, it it's the same way with laughter. But because you've kind of worked hard to get those laughs, it's almost it's almost even better. You know. Yeah. No, you're right, and I I guess it was a bit kind of not shallow but a bit misaligned that question because i mean the band we went to dublin last year and um we got paid i think it was 200 euros which wasn't it's not even half the cost of the ferry over there <laughs> yeah uh, and um they you know but we we had just the most amazing time you know we we you know we ended up staying there the weekend and spent an awful lot of money um and it is just for for music it's you know it is more of a hobby for me and any money that we make goes back into the band um so i guess my question really was just you know is it more of a hobby is it something that you would learn to love like you know i don't earn any money from surfing but i love going surfing that's similar sort of thing yeah i mean i my my situation has changed somewhat so you know when i <laughs> when i started it was it was a hobby then it quickly became a passion and then it became a way of earning money and you know i was full time for probably about a year but when i was full time i was living with my mates i was single i had the opportunity to go and work in my local if i needed to so i could i didn't have any ties you know that i didn't have any worries so i could quite happily travel to you know birmingham or london or whatever and gig for not free but not a huge amount of money because if i needed to supplement my income i could do it yeah whereas yeah. whereas the position i'm in now you know as as you know i've got a job um that is a full-time thing i've got gigs that i run and i've got a family you know i've got a little girl who is growing and turns out they cost quite a lot of money <laughs> must have missed that memo um but so i couldn't now do it full-time unfortunately you know the the dream very much would be to to spend time with her in the day podcast in the day and and then go and and do gigs in the evening you know that's that's absolutely what i'd love to do but 
it's like I say, it's changed. So it's it's I wouldn't say it's a hobby because I do run my events and that is a business of itself or will be a business of itself when uh, <laughs> when this whole thing settles down. But but yeah, for for me, I'm in a bit of a different position because I don't get the opportunity to gig as much as I would like. Um, which is a shame because I've I've made so many great friends along the way who who are in a position to gig more frequently and and it's amazing to see the progress that they've made and and I know for a fact that I would be a much better comic if I had the chance to to, to do that but but that's life and um and it's all good it certainly is. <laughs> honestly so what honestly it's what, all good <laughs> everything's fine <laughs> so what what comedians have kind of have kept you going then because you know when it becomes in a regular passion it, mm. it can be quite hard to maintain that it's similar to the band you know over those winter months it's really hard to kind of stay motivated um when it's summer and we've got festivals you know two three times in a week yeah it's the best feeling ever <clears throat> um but when it hits winter it just is you know you kind of think oh why have i got all this gear it's just taking up so much space and rah, 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 rah. Um, so what comedians kind of keep you going when when you haven't got a gig yeah that's that's a really great shout um i mean it, again it's kind of kind of changed a little bit over the years really and i mean i'm i'm influenced by everyone so you know i'll watch from sitcoms and you know bottom and off the office and even dad's army when i was kind of growing up you know all of them i've looked at and just kind of seen about how how they get laughs and it's it's a, it's a really interesting one because i guess the the comedians that have kept me going are probably mainly the ones that no one will have heard or you know with all due respect you probably won't have heard of because they're circuit comics you know so friends of mine that i've made along the way who are are doing really really well and on the occasions that either i book them or we happen to be on the same gig that's that's amazing and that really really does kind of keep me going and it's great to hear those those people and see those people doing so well and we will share them uh, with the audience, the listeners, as as the podcast progresses. We're going to have lots of guests on over the coming months and years and whatnot. Um, <clears throat> but from a, I guess, from a f- more famous point of view, so one of the things that I do now that I never really used to was I listen to quite a lot of podcasts. So, uh, for example, there's one called the Comedians Comedian Podcast which is hosted by a chap called Stuart Goldsmith, who, fingers crossed, um, we will be able to have a chat to at some point. But he's he's just doing astronomically well. And he, the Comedian's Comedian podcast is, is literally that, where the comedians will go on, be interviewed by him, who's a, a great comic, and you'll find out about their craft and about how they got into it and about how they write jokes and, and all of this stuff. So there are, uh, there's over 300 episodes, so it would be impossible to kind of name drop all of my favourites. But but ones that stick stick to my mind, you know, Sarah Millican, um, she did an absolutely brilliant one uh, very early on, actually, I think, if memory serves. Um, you've got Mike Gunn. Uh, are you familiar with Mike Gunn? I am familiar with Mike yeah. Gunn. Yeah, yeah, I enjoy him very much. So Mike Gunn is yeah absolutely brilliant, and he's one of the he's one of the acts that I love working with and love booking. And yeah, I, I can't wait for comedy to come back so that I can book people like this. Um, James Acaster, his was a really good episode, and and he's he's got to be up there with one of my favourite comics, I would say for sure. His his uh, Netflix special repertoire oh, oh is so good. Yeah. It really is. And 
uh, and also the Gary Delaney one. You know, Gary Delaney also was on the Jokes with Mark podcast and and he's a proper joke purist. You know, he's he's so, so good. And I, I envy people like him and, and Mark Simmons as well. I put in a similar vein. And one of the thing, one of the things that happens again, never tangent, my apologies. But um, one of the things that happens quite a lot when you're a comedian Mm. In, and people find out you're a comedian they'll go oh tell us a joke mate tell us a joke and <laughs> and for some reason i don't know what it is it's probably because i don't do it as much as i should but when that happens i've got i've got quite a few jokes that i've kind of come up with or that i know or you know worst case scenario i could i could think of a joke like a man walks into a bar kind of thing yeah but whenever anyone says oh you're a comedian are you tell us a joke mate my brain just goes to melted brie it's it's honestly just <laughs> I, I can't think of anything at all and it really it's really weird because normally i'm quite a confident person but um but yeah so the that that very much is is what keeps me going i guess and um more more than the the famous people you know who have been very good i've i've been really really fortunate over the years to to share the stage with lots of these people i've gigged with gary delaney i've gigged with mike garn um not sarah millican uh, or james acaster but um are you familiar with stuart francis no oh wow no, okay. i don't think i am so speaking of joke writers, you know, Stuart Francis is a Canadian one-liner comic. Um, I suspect as soon as you saw him, you would you would recognise him. He's been on all sorts, Mot the Week, Live at the Apollo and stuff like that. Um, and he did a gig at Comedia in Bath and, and I supported him, which was incredible, you know, to be able to go up there and do my stuff in front of loads of like a sellout room for him. Mm and and he afterwards was kind enough to say that he thought i'd been brilliant and that that was that was amazing and you know i'm i'm in no way in the league of people there are so many people out there that i i could mention and, and want to mention but i literally wouldn't know where to begin there's so many great acts on the circuit and i'm i'm not pretending to kind of be anything that i'm not you know i'm not a full-time comic and i don't have those that that skill set um but yeah it's Again, roundabout way of answering the question is that there are, there are loads and loads of different people that, that influence me and, and the laughs keep me going. That's Maybe, cool. If we, yeah. if, By the way, if you just cut the last 15 minutes and say, yeah, loads of people on the circuit that keep me going and the laughs keep me going as well, um, <laughs> then <laughs> it'll be a much shorter podcast. It will. So you mentioned at the beginning that there's going to be some homework. Mm. Um, I've been yes. worried about that all episode. Um, nice nothing to worry about nothing to worry about so um so we've we've talked a little bit i guess the uh, the pod so far has been more about my kind of journey into comedy and what i how i started i guess how how i was influenced how i got into gigging and stuff like that yeah yeah but i think that's really important for me to understand because that's how every comedy starts and i a comedian starts and i don't want to kind of you know i don't want to run before i can walk if that makes sense i, sure. I want to be able to i want to be able to understand everything before i get myself into it yeah and that's you're right you know that's really important and i mean i guess i guess the homework would be so far no, nothing major but um i'm i'm gonna have a chat with um mr goldsmith and he's got a group on facebook which is for um the comedian's comedian and we're going to get some links for you or some bits from acts for you to have a look at so that'll be your homework which i'll, I'll share with you um when we drop the pod 
Um, but in the meantime, I just want you to have a little think about how to get into writing, if that's okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the the first thing, and again, there's lots of different methods, but the first thing to do is essentially just start a note on your phone, comedy ideas, okay? Now, they don't have to be and they won't be fully formed ideas or jokes. You might get the odd one, brilliant if you do, but that's not the point, okay? The point at the moment, all I want you to do is to just come up with, um, as you're walking around or, you know, sorry, um, <laughs> just just realised as I said the words, as you're walking around that you're in isolation for another six yeah, weeks. So you know, my... Yeah, as, as I walk to three metres of my bedroom. Yes. yes thank you oh, idiot fits sorry um <laughs> but uh <laughs> nicely made me feel bad though that's good work um but yeah so essentially as, as things occur to you um if you if you see something funny out the window or you have like a funny conversation or, or whatever it might be just put that down in your comedy notes ideas okay uh-huh um then you're going to do a bit of a writing exercise, okay? Now, there is a method. Um, this is called something, but I can't remember what it is. But it might be Pomeran, Pomerado. I don't know. I can't remember. I should have Googled it. But um, <laughs> essentially, you're going to take a subject. So let's say, for example, you go, the, sh- the um, subject you're talking about is washing your car. Yeah? For argument's right. sake, that's your subject. What I want you to do from is... From my bedroom. From your... <laughs> you're watching <laughs> someone wash a car. Um <laughs> But uh, also, we haven't even shared with the listeners your news about your guitar, which we'll come on to. But um, but yeah, so let, let's say, for example, that you've you've picked a subject and that subject might be you spilt tea on a book. Yeah. Argument's sake. Sure. Um, what you've then got to do is is literally just put the heading at the top of the paper, spill tea on book and then or computer, whatever. And then you just write about it write for 10 15 20 minutes every single thing you can think of about that subject and crucially of course about how you feel about it yeah so you spilling tea on your brand new 16 inch MacBook pro that you're not going to write a lovely piece about how great you feel after it happening you're going to be pissed <laughs> very off, true yeah yeah right yeah so yeah. um so just just write as much as you can get all of the things you can out of your brain pop them down onto paper and then stop like just stop go and play guitar go and uh, grab a cup of tea whatever just don't think about it for a little bit maybe even an hour two hours maybe even the day after come back and just look at what you've written yeah and then Mm -hmm. find little bits get a highlighter think oh there's something there there's something there Uh, and that's your homework that's it so shall i shall i choose a subject do that and then the next kind of comedy lesson pod that we do mm. i'll come on the pod we will see if there's anything in what i wrote that sounds like a very good idea and you're bearing your soul i love it yeah well i feel like you know if if not only if you can give me feedback but if if our listeners can give me feedback um you guys at home if you can just shout in and go you absolute idiot no you should have written this down <laughs> yeah um, yeah why not then you know everybody can get involved in in showing sam up that would be great i think that's a great shout and uh, i'm sure <laughs> that no one will want to show you up there will be constructive feedback only um but yeah so so no, nothing to be worried about mate you know the the again i guess one of the other lessons that is important to learn is when you're writing comedy and you're writing funny stuff it's supposed to be playful you know it's supposed to be fun so if you get yourself at a point where you're staring at a blank bit of paper and your brain's not doing anything just don't do it you know don't don't get 
unless unless you're trying to get angry or irrational for the bit then obviously write angrily and irrationally but but honestly just enjoy it and um yeah i'm really looking forward to to seeing <laughs> seeing how you get on and and also don't forget <laughs> you don't have anything to worry about you know uh if you write absolute shit that's great you know that's yep. that's what you're, it's all about just writing jimmy carr throws away 70 percent of his jokes so wow and that's jimmy carr so don't and, worry and his all. receipts <laughs> <laughs> oh poor jimmy carr if jimmy carr's listening to this uh which uh, maybe he is but if he is then you're gonna get your ass <laughs> handed to you mate Take that's, fine. that's fine that's fine t- yeah that's fine um if, if great publicity court, for the pod though <laughs> that's exactly what i was thinking <laughs> yeah. we'll get in the papers that's all we need we will we will <laughs> right um, nice one well thank you very much for today um, mate, thank you and um yeah I, th- I think that was a lot of fun i hope you know i hope it's helped a little bit and yeah we'll we'll see how you get on well yeah we'll reconvene on this subject in in, in a few weeks we certainly will well lovely thanks for your time mate yeah, and to you. Cheers, buddy. Love you, bye. Love you, bye. That was fun. That was a good episode. I hope so, mate. I really I really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm very, very mindful of the fact that when we listen back, it will primarily be my voice, but um, I suppose that's kind of part and parcel of it, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, when, you know, there will be a, where I've got to teach you stuff about music, where I'm going to have to do most of the talking. Um, so, very, very similar. It's um, yeah. It was really interesting. Slightly worrying with the homework, but it's it's fine. Everything everything is fine. All everything is fine. Yes. Um. Yeah. Like <laughs> a, like I say, mate. It, it genuinely is all supposed to be fun, and just just enjoy it. Just have fun, and when we come back to this uh, another point, you'll have some stuff, and you'll be learning all the time, and that's good. I, I will, and that's what this pod's all about. Is you know for, for me to learn. So if anybody out there's got any tips as well, then send us an email, uh, commusicianpod at gmail dot com. Um, you know their their first comedy gig or anything like that that they thought went really well, or rather on the other hand didn't go very well. What a lovely I'd... suggestion, though. That's that's. Do you know what, mate? That is good podcast hosting. There, very proud of you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very um, much. <laughs> Thank you very much. So we need to do our spotlight of the week we do we do before we go on to the spotlight i want to i want to shine a spotlight on you very quickly mate um because i don't think we've mentioned this but you spoke to the listener a while ago about creating uh building your own guitar now i did unless my eyes deceive me can i see that little beauty behind you you can yes uh yeah there it is amazing there we go yeah yeah so yeah so many hours of hard work but um it was you know what i'm I'm quite sad because uh i'm quite sad that the project's over it was really really fun to do um it's it's a bass that i, I you know like the old rock and roll kind of double basses the big big old things i wanted to create sure. a bass <laughs> i wanted to create a bass that sounded like that so it had that really kind of old school feel to it and the old school sound to it and, nice. and and i've done that and it's great and it's you know like i say i've put in a lot of time on it and i've i've got it right apart from the soldering but that's a whole nother story and i'm just going to take it to a shop and get a guy to do that (laughs) i can um so yeah it was it was really really good fun um but i'm just super sad because it's now over and i'm finding myself just watching tv again so i need another project so i think this homework will help nice it's certainly well that, so, com- that com- comedy pod episode might might be like four hours long. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm right in thinking you have to forgive my terminology, but it doesn't have any. There's no frets. Is it a fretless yeah. guitar? Is that right? It is. It is a fretless bass. Yes. Yeah, so it's um, 
yeah it's like when you look at the, the kind of fretboard where which is where you would put your fingers for you that don't know what you're talking about um it, it doesn't have any metal bars going along it okay. so you can yeah, like just just like the old old school double basses. So were you worried when you were making it, or were, was there no fret? <laughs> uh, if that was even close to my Jimmy Carr joke, then that would be funny. Uh, <laughs> so you see me see me trying desperately to crowbar that in. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely um, stuff. Um, <laughs> right. Well, let's 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 shine our spotlight on someone who is absolutely deserving of it, and. Not that you aren't, mate, because I'm very proud of you. Um, <laughs> uh, but we're going to shine a spotlight this week on uh, on a comedian. Now, we are. Uh, this is an act and a person that we've mentioned before, but they're they're really going from strength to strength, and I think we just want to give them a little bit of love. So, um, you might recall from a previous episode we spoke about. Um, I think it was episode three when we we're talking about coping with Corona. And, yes, it was. Um, we. I let you know that one of the things that Scott Bennett, who's based up in the Midlands, one of the things that Scott's uh, doing is stand up from the shed. And basically he's he's performing like hour long shows every week um, on a Thursday night after the NHS kind of clapping starts at 8.15. Um, and it's, it's absolutely brilliant and he's doing so well. And so I just wanted to encourage people really to go and, Go and check out his stuff. Uh, go and uh, if you search for Scott Bennett comedian uh, on Google or Facebook, you'll find him. He's Scott B Comedy UK on um, on the socials, but he's just brilliant. And I'm really, really hoping that we'll be able to kind of get him on the pod at some point because, as well as being a really kind of funny, personable guy, um, he's renowned in the comedy industry really for being deserving of his success. You know, um, you, you see him gig and most acts will will say that guy deserves his own kind of TV show. And and hopefully, hopefully he's on the way to to that. He's starting to get a little bit more recognition now and deservedly so. So, yeah, big love to, to Scott Bennett. And uh, it was his birthday recently. So happy birthday to you. Um, but, yeah, do do go and check him out. As I say, Scott Bennett, uh, Scott B Comedy UK. Um, go and watch some of his stuff and if you're free on thursday night uh, or you just want to go and look back see what he's doing he's doing stand up from his blooming shed and it's blooming yeah. great and they are they are really funny as well i tuned into one and it was it was great um and, and like i remember you said uh, when we introduced him on coping with corona uh, about his his wife who's kind of sat there in the background and you can just hear her laugh yes. um and i tell you what that added such a magical little bit to it and, it really um, does yeah. and i <laughs> Yeah, it, even me as a musician who's going to learn comedy, I found myself just just sat there for the hour with a beer in hand, and it was such a nice way to chill out of an evening and kind of forget about everything that's going on around us. So, um, yeah, go and check him out. Go and check him out. So, um, uh, otherwise, thank you so much for for listening again, uh, ladies and gents. It's 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 really really lovely to to be doing this, and we are already looking forward to seeing you next week or hearing you or you hearing us I should say next week <laughs> <laughs> we certainly are nice one have, have a lovely week everybody um, we'll lots see of you love then. and see you soon bye 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 thank you for listening to Com Musician Pod intro music was Gangster Life by Dirty Blueprint this podcast was brought to you by Fitz and Sam see you next week <laughs>